0: Not not a problem.
1: Okay. Well, you You are in such good spirits for all the pressure you are probably under.
0: Well, you know, panicking does not help. And, you know, when you're doing this every day, your patients, they need to see um, on your face that you feel confident that you can help them. I think that's kind of one of the most important things. For people to understand that I know what's going on. I can help them. And I can help them decide if it's a five-alarm blaze or just a match.
1: Well, we want to thank you again for calling us today, Dr. Shaw. And a lot of people are asking, where can we get tested and how? Are you one of the test sites?
0: We are. So our center here on in Santa Barbara in the Villages, next to the Villages Hospital, we have actually set uh, set up a drive-by uh, center, and essentially what we we request of you is to call our hotline so that we can do a screening over the phone uh, to avoid exposing uh, people to others who might be higher risk and once you reach the screening criteria we'll set up a time for you to drive by the tent and we have our staff outside fully gowned, mask with the kits available Uh, They'll do the swab. You don't have to leave your car. And, you know, to be villages appropriate or your golf cart, Uh, we can basically get the test kit. And then after that, we're expecting folks to help us by returning home immediately and awaiting the results, uh, almost like a self-quarantine. And, again, this is for the folks who we've already determined actually are at risk. So people may be coming off of a cruise ship, um, exhibiting some cold and flu-like symptoms, the dry cough, a lot of the stuff that most of you who are you know, not living under a rock have been hearing uh, incessantly. Um, mm-hmm. And then just the specific thing for us is uh, the travel. Um, where we are uh, in this region uh, of the country, you know, between uh, Ocala, the villages, and the Orlando area, is a very large tourist market, um, and also a lot of folks taking cruise ships all over the place. Uh, And so we take this part very seriously um, and we want to be very appropriate in who we are choosing. Um, Unfortunately, in the area, there's still a limitation on the amount of test kits. And that's why we're being as judicious as possible uh, so that we're not just screening everybody who has the sniffles, Or, of course, their usual Central Florida allergies.
1: Oh, yeah. So how can we tell the difference between allergies or something more serious?
0: Sure. Uh, Very good question. Were you traveling? How long ago did you start feeling ill? Um, The distinguishing part would be, you know, your sputum, uh, which is basically the stuff that you spit out. Mm. Uh, The color of it, how high your fever is going. And a lot of it is also history. You know, just kind of a simple question like, well, is this something that you get every single year at this time? Just something else to maybe help educate some of the, the listeners is a lot of the early reports are saying that if um, patients are documented to actually have regular influenza, which does you know sound a whole lot like some of these symptoms, then that helps us really significantly reduce the risk of them having COVID because it looks like the virus uh, is not going to be co-infected with influenza. So if it sounds like you're having some of these symptoms... A lot of the places that don't have the coronavirus test kits probably have regular flu swabs. And if you get lucky and you go in with these symptoms and they end up telling you that you actually have the influenza, then, you know, that virtually will eliminate the risk of you having the coronavirus. Uh
1: Okay. All right. And either way, whether you have the flu or the coronavirus, stay away from everyone.
0: Stay away from everyone. And the only benefit, of course, is if you get, uh, I don't want to say lucky because that kind of sounds... (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. it's not lucky. Yay, but if I you have, have the flu. To be someone, <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, it, it'd be one of those rare times where you're like, yes, I have the flu. Um, you would definitely at least have the option of getting something that's commonly known as Tamiflu, as a prescription that could help you. But again, you would still practice a lot of the same good principles, which is try to isolate yourself, wash your hands frequently, cover your cough, um, make sure that you're, you know, just not going out to all of your normal social events. Um, I certainly wouldn't host any dinner parties and be the top chef.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: Doctor, I do, I, I do have one question. Um, what evidence does toilet paper have in fighting off the virus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good
0: question. Um, I guess one is maybe it's cheaper than Kleenex. Um, and the, uh, the, second, the second is I think a lot of that just has to do uh, again, with some of the panic that people are feeling by watching other parts of the world, everyone is worried that we're going to impose a quarantine over here. So I think everyone is just stocking up on the toilet paper, thinking that they're going to be stuck in their house for the next one month. Mm. But again, um, you know, please uh, use what you need, get what you need for your family and, you know, allow the rest of us to have a chance to buy some toilet paper as well. Um <laughs> I need and, them you know, if you have the financial means, it may be a good time to buy a bidet.
1: Ah, okay. There you go. Yeah. We've discussed bidets, so <laughs> thank you, Doctor. I'm a big bidet advocate here, Doctor. <laughs> In all seriousness, when we get the test done, if you decide that we're a candidate for the coronavirus test, how long does it take to get the results back?
0: Sure. Excellent question. As I said, I would ask you to go home immediately and wait for the results. Mm -hmm. Uh, Preliminary results can be available the next day, but because this is such a sensitive hot-button topic, all results and all kits are having to be sent to the CDC for confirmation. Mm -hmm. And right now, because of the inundation of requests, uh, that can sometimes take between two to five days to get a full, full confirmation, which means during that time, again, you've been tested, so that means you've already... Kind of hit some of the screening criteria, mm-hmm. maybe ruled out for more obvious things. So we think that there is a pretty decent chance you might have it. As a medical community, we're requesting that at the very least for the next five days until you get confirmation from the CDC, you go home, you self quarantine, you know, you practice very good hygiene, um, and you wait for the results. If you do have it, Uh, let's say you do end up having one of those confirmed cases, you will get contacted by the CDC with further instructions. Um, You know, you'll have to monitor yourself for the development of more severe respiratory symptoms. And, of course, if you do, then we will have to help arrange as a health system to get you into a respiratory isolation bed um, if symptoms get very significant. Uh, Oftentimes, people are able to be at their own house in isolation, hydrating um, and containing the virus. And as you both are probably aware, and as many of the listeners are probably aware, a lot of people do eventually get better. The majority of people do eventually get better. Mm. But it's, again, about making sure that those that are able to fight stay isolated so that those that are not able to fight do not get exposed. That's the whole key to all of this. You've been hearing this term called flattening the curve. That is what we are all trying to preach because we just, in this region, you know, in the tri-county area, we just have a limited amount of isolation beds and ventilators available. And so uh, with the age of our population, and the amount of folks having pre-existing conditions, if, uh, for example, we get 1,000 cases uh, over the course of a week, um, we are not necessarily equipped to handle that type of rush.
1: Yes. Oh, thank you. You said it perfectly. Those of us who are able to fight off the virus have to protect those who can't. Mm -hmm. You said it just absolutely perfectly. And I
2: think that's kind of like just a maybe part of the reason as to why some people just aren't taking this seriously yeah. or taking the necessary precautions because mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, if I get sick, I mean, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You're right. But somebody else might not be. That's the whole thing. I mean,
0: this is really an opportunity for all of us to band together as a community and to maybe just pause in life and maybe realize that, you know, the world is a little bit bigger than our smartphones and outside of our own spectrum, Um, you know, it's just an opportunity for all of us to be medical providers in our own way. Um, You know, you can basically, if you want to just keep it to within the walls of your own home, yes, you might be okay, but if you have parents that are living with you, if you have children that are living with you, if you have someone in your family who is an asthmatic, maybe Uh somebody who used to be a smoker, Mm -hmm. maybe somebody who's currently a smoker, maybe somebody who has diabetes, maybe somebody who has high blood pressure, or if these are part of the circle of people that you love living within the walls of your house or folks that you see on a regular basis, these are the folks that I am asking you to think of and to try to protect. Because, unfortunately, as a medical community, we have a limited amount of resources and as much as we would love to save all of your parents and all of your grandparents and all of your children and all of you, if we do not get a handle on this, we just may not have enough resources to be able to do that.
1: I love that. Save your loved ones. Yeah, yeah. that That's wonderful. Gosh, doctor, uh, thank and you I, so much. We can't thank you enough for calling because a lot of people are saying the media is overhyping this. We wanted to hear it from a medical professional. Are you an infectious diseases doctor?
2: I am
0: an internal medicine uh, doctor as well mm-hmm. as a nephrologist, which is a kidney doctor, and my uh, my wife is actually an infectious disease doctor.
1: Okay. Oh, okay, all right, uh, so you got it so, in family. <laughs>
0: oh, so, you know, this, this topic is being discussed. <laughs> you know, most people at dinner will talk about their day. We're talking <laughs> about coronavirus. Oh, you,
1: oh, wow, you just can't gosh. escape it, can you? Why, okay, real quick, I'm sorry, Before we Let you go because there's a million questions. Why is this so contagious?
0: It's because of the way that it is spread, the way that it lingers on surfaces. Uh And essentially, it's because it's a, I'm going to use a medical term here, it's a pathology that we don't fully quite understand Uh just yet, Uh right? So we don't really know how to inactivate it. We don't know, you know, what is the right temperature at which this will come off of surfaces. A lot of this is still theoretical as we're learning it. So some reports are telling you it lasts on a surface for a few hours. Some will tell you it's a couple of days. Some tell you it's multiple days. Again, what makes it so difficult to contain is we are not really 100% sure of what works. And it is going to be in bodily fluids that are easy to pass on to others. You sneeze, you cough. You know, you rub your eyes. Uh, it also sometimes uh, can be transmitted from something called a fecal oral route, oh. which is exactly as disgusting as it sounds. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, you just really want to respect the fact that there is a lot of different ways to get this particular virus that we're having a hard time diagnosing and an even harder time treating and, um, you know, virtually impossible time being able to deal with the, pers- the possible pandemic um, locally. You know, obviously it's a pandemic worldwide, but then you also just want to bring it down to your own community. Mm. Can our community here handle this? Do we have enough resources to take on 5,000 cases that happen very, very quickly? Um. No, we do not. And we have to respect that.
1: The fact that we're in Florida and it's such beautiful weather lately, does that help us at all?
0: There's a lot of theories circulating about that. Um, and it's not really proven uh, okay. that the weather is going to help us. Uh, I think that that is aspirational and hope based on other viruses. So mm-hmm. that's just a lot of us as doctors and as uh, you know people who are studying this are, are hopeful that there might be you know, some slowing down in the warmer weathers. But uh, we can't really have any actual proof that that has mm-hmm. occurred. Um, because as you are probably all watching the news, mm-hmm. I mean, there are some pretty warm parts of the world Uh, where this is still spreading. So hard to say that that is accurate information.
2: Okay. I just, I just have one more personal question, and then we'll let you go, Doctor. I mean, I know you. You, thank, thank you for taking this time to, to talk to oh, us. Oh, of
0: course. I, I, just want to thank you actually for having me. My medical assistant, uh, her name is Jennifer Gruber. She's a huge fan of your show, and she was screaming that I should do this.
2: So, oh, okay. hey Jennifer. All right. Yes. <laughs> like, well, I mean, anybody who we could talk to that's more qualified than, than us. Okay? Yes. Yes. So I've been seeing a whole, and I don't know if you guys maybe already touched on this, or if you already talked about this uh, in the last little bit, but I've been seeing just a lot. On Facebook people dismissing this and going well the regular flu kills such and such people you know throughout a year and this only has a couple of hundred I mean oh my gosh it's not that big of a deal we can't if for certain say that base this off of the regular flu correct is it too early for that it is too
0: early for that that is a very well worded and well thought out question Um, I am going to do my best to avoid saying anything speculative, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the only thing that I will say is we're also a little late uh, in terms of testing and confirmation. So, you know, the numbers that we have, which are obviously, as you guys are probably watching the trackers like all the rest of us Mm -hmm. are, exponentially going up every day are probably still not really accurate in terms of capturing a lot of the people that we may have missed, Mm -hmm. you know, over the past few months. Um, You know, some of the folks who may have ended up in the hospital with mystery ailments uh, over a little amount of time. Again, retrospectively, we don't know if maybe there was an opportunity uh, to diagnose some of those folks or if some other folks, um, you know, have already kind of gone past and have acted as vectors to contribute to what's going on right now. So it's really hard to make that head-to-head study with the flu, because you're not really comparing apples to apples, uh-huh. right?
2: Right, and that's and and see, that's it right there. Is that people just think that oh, you know, this is one disease, this is one virus that kills people. This one, other this other one kills people. They're all the same. And I, I mean, that's just kind of the vibe yeah. that I get from most people who are spreading that misinformation. So I just wanted to clear that up. Thank you, yeah, doctor. And,
0: and if I if I could make one last point, yes. and I'm just going to tell you this as a medical doctor, you know, uh, we do not panic as a medical community yeah. in, the, in the face of these types of challenges most of the time. But I can tell you that even for us as medical providers, this got you know a little more sensitive and a little more real when we started to see um, that a healthy physician. Uh, you probably have seen the report of a ER physician, uh, you know, ending up in his 40s, ending up uh, in the ICU after being exposed to this. Mm-hmm. So you know, for the folks out there who are who are kind of minimizing the effects. Uh, I would just caution them that this is not necessarily only targeting people who are, you know, 81 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are young people who are getting this and young people who are getting quite sick. And the thing that really distinguishes it, as I was kind of mentioning earlier when talking about the flu, is that we don't really have a pill just yet that we know can maybe slow this down. You know, we don't necessarily have an algorithm in place that has been there for years. And even with that, for the flu. It is still deadly as a virus. So just imagine Mm -hmm. another virus that has no treatment. If we allow it to really spread, um, you know, it can definitely be much more damaging than people are realizing.
1: Wow. Could this
2: possibly be like if we don't really contain it, could this possibly be like become sort of just the regular flu?
0: I think what you're trying to ask, if, if I could paraphrase you as is this something that we might face every season? Yes. Is that essentially what you're trying yes. to face? Yes. Yeah. So, again, that is the concern in our community. As you know, that's why everybody is uh, working so hard to try to produce vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some studies out on a couple of drugs, which, again, uh, I'm not going to mention just yet because I don't want to give the false information yeah. that these yeah. actually work and are available to the population. But that is what we are bracing ourselves for. You know, will this take on a cyclical pattern? Will this eventually become something that, um, you know, every year we were going to have to take on? Or is it something that we're going to have to develop viruses for constantly, like other viruses that people are familiar with? Mm -hmm. Um, That is really uh, at the forefront of what most of the research is doing, Mm -hmm. uh, is trying to figure out the actual pathology, whether or not. You can develop vaccines that will allow it to uh, evolve as the strain might slightly mutate year over year, meaning uh, over time, you know, this may evolve. And so we would need to evolve with it Okay. Right? In, okay. In, in terms of vaccines. But the key is unlocking, you know, the underlying cause, slowing it down so we can study it, finding an initial effective vaccine um and then you know we can always go for there from there and then of course our hopes is yes maybe it you can then eventually lump it in with other viruses that everyone's more familiar with. But since you're just dealing with such an unknown right now, it's really not a fair comparison to make. And I would definitely caution people from doing that.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, because it is so unknown, that's just mm-hmm. what I've been telling myself, because it's so unknown at this point, take every precaution necessary. Can
1: you get the coronavirus and the flu at the same time?
2: Mm-hmm. So very good question.
0: Again, from the initial report is if you are diagnosed with influenza, mm-hmm. it is, I would say, virtually impossible that you would also have the coronavirus. Uh-huh. Again, that's from the you know 80,000 or so folks that were studied. Um, but that does not seem like a likely pathway. So okay. that's where, again, from a logical standpoint, in a lot of cases, it may make sense to just test someone for the flu first. And if you actually confirm that they had influenza, uh, okay, you're off to the races, you have a treatment, you have a pathway. Um, and you're now dealing with a known commodity rather than an unknown commodity.
2: A lot of information, a lot of really good uh, professional yes. expert information. A doctor. lot
1: of answers and also the fact that there is a lot of unknown, too.
2: Yeah. Thank you so very much, Doctor. We really thank thank you for
0: it. having me and, um, you know, have a great day and you guys stay safe. Wash your hands.
1: Yes. Wash your hands. Cool. Yes, Watch definitely. Right Dr. Sandeep Shaw from Premier Medical, thank you so much. And that phone number, should you want to schedule a televisit. This is the kind of the screening process before you get tested. At Premier Medical, it's 352-561-3182. Dr. Shaw, thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great day.